the last Thursday of the month, and you know what that means. Hopefully, maybe don't. It's Ask Me Anything. Um, so no question is too big or too small. No topic is too random. This is your chance. Ask me anything. If you want to submit questions for a future episode, because now we're doing this once a month, um, there are a bunch of ways you can do it. You can send in your voice notes to Hilo FM, or you can call or text our Hilo hotline at 42 Hilo 4. You can ask questions via Spotify. Just put it in the Q&A section of this episode, or you can use the hashtag Hilo, and we'll keep an eye out for those on social media. So let's get going. Stay tuned for more Hilo with Emrata. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to High Low with Emrata. We got a few um, Spotify ones. We're going to start with Jules on Spotify. She said, you need to talk about the white 4th of July party. Your dress was iconic, by the way. Okay. This is my third year at the white party in the Hamptons. And Michael Rubin is a friend. And I love his wife, Camille. And he throws a damn good party. That's for sure. It's probably... Probably the best, one of the best parties I've ever been to in my life. Um, Right after I split with my ex, not this year, obviously, but last year, the world had cut. I don't know if the world had found out, but people kind of knew. And it was the most, it felt like a somebody was throwing a party for my divorce because they were just the most handsome, most successful, interesting, cool men there. And it just felt like they'd been put on a buffet for me and I had so much fun and this year I brought my best friend Babs who um, we just decided to while out and basically go naked and we had so much fun it goes on and on the night like doesn't stop and people really let loose because you know there's obviously no press and um, it's just a really good time and it's like a nice feeling. It doesn't feel sceney. It doesn't feel like people are too cooling each other. Everyone's just partying. And it's the house is insane. So it was definitely really fun. And um, that's all I can say about that. It was also just so fun to bring my best friend who like saw Beyonce and could not look at her. That kind of stuff just was really fun. And, you know, there were a couple cute basketball players. It was a good time. All right. What's the story with you loving Monica Lewinsky? Okay, so I, the first time I ever learned about sex was when the Monica Lewinsky, Bill Clinton scandal happened. And it was such a different time in the world. I remember I came home from school. I was maybe in first or second grade. And um, I said to my parents, is it true that the president had C-A-X? My parents were like, C-A-X? And I was like, you know, um, and I had no idea what it meant. But I just remember, um, because my parents are kind of staunch Democrats, the feelings that they had around her and, you know, what was happening to Bill Clinton um, in regards to that and just how much my perspective has evolved 
and my politics, obviously I was a child then, but you know, what I perceived her as in that moment of so many discoveries of like, you know, power of controversy of um, sex. And then now knowing how young she was and the position she was put in, um, you know, really as like a political pawn by this really powerful man and his enemies. And um, I just think she's really cool. And I think the way that she's written about it and talked about it and survived it has been really important. And for me, it's a cultural awakening that also was sort of has a personal line. So I would love if she came on the podcast, I think it'd be really interesting to hear what she thinks about where the world's going and um, how we think about like young women and men in power, men in positions of power. Someone asked me, Rizzler on Spotify said, do you believe in God? So I believe in an energy that is maybe part nature, but I also think that there's something very spiritual that, and I, um, I don't pray, but I do kind of meditate, I guess. And I really believe in manifestation and I really believe in fate. And I think that there are, I mean, becoming a mom has been a really spiritual experience for me. A lot of, you know, just how time passes in my life, the kind of things that line up, I I do believe in some kind of, maybe not a consciousness of a higher power, but some kind of force. What was an important lesson you've learned from a past relationship? I've said this before on the podcast, but um, I think trusting your gut and trusting your intuition and never letting your love for somebody or your desire to make a relationship work make you stop trusting yourself and be connected to yourself. If you don't feel connected to yourself, if you feel yourself abandoning yourself, I mean, um, for me, that's even manifested physically. Like you just don't, you have anxiety in a way that just makes you feel really a lot of self-hate and everything else, um, that's a bad sign. No matter what, you need to probably take a break from that relationship, step away, gather some perspective. But I would just say, trust your instincts, always stay true to yourself, listen to your gut, because it is ultimately the thing that wants to protect you the most. Somebody on Spotify asked, favorite high fashion designer? I love Jonathan Anderson, I love Lueve. I just think I love going to his shows. He's such a cool person. I think what he's doing right now is really, really amazing. Okay, somebody asked me, can you talk about your news consumption, i.e. routine, news sites, subscriptions, news fatigue? How much news do you think young people should read and how important is that versus just social media? So this is really controversial because I'm not a big Elon Musk fan. I don't like his politics, but I have found myself using Twitter a lot more in the last couple months for whatever reason. Um, and I really, I get a lot of news from Twitter. I think that Twitter is kind of my favorite place to go for things that are happening either politically or culturally in the world. And I, it's not just like my, you know, funny tweets place. I feel like that's more TikTok for me. So uh, my news consumption is really Twitter. I also subscribe to the New York Times and some Instagram's uh, accounts that like feed me news. But in general, um, I'm not somebody who looks at Apple News a lot. I just kind of spend a decent amount of time on Twitter. And I read, there's a couple websites I go to. I go to The Nation if I'm kind of wondering what's going on politically. Um, 
and I want a perspective from a relatively left publication. I also go to NPR. I think NPR is great. I think I go, when you ask about news fatigue, I really like the way the internet makes me feel connected to what's going on in the world and people. So for me, um, you know, there's there's definitely like, for example, this summer, everything that's going on with the weather and the temperatures, it's so depressing and it makes me feel so powerless that I kind of have tuned out some of that. Like I saw these wildfires in Italy last night and I just, I kind of shut it because it made me feel really overwhelmed. Um, you know, I have a two and a half year old son and it's scary to think about what the world is going to be like and the environment's going to be like when he gets older. But in general, I kind of don't limit my my news intake or, you know, I think my internet usage, my screen time goes up and down depending on how much I'm reading or how much I'm traveling. If I'm traveling, I spend a lot of the time on my phone because that's what I do on planes and kind of in transit. Or sometimes I just give myself a break and I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to stress out about how much I'm looking at my phone. I'm just going to enjoy TikTok before I fall asleep and I'll end up spending a couple hours on TikTok. So, But then there's weeks where I'm just so busy or I'm with my son or I'm really into a book and I don't want to do that. And those, you know, I think balance it out, hopefully. Stay tuned for more High Low with Emrata. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back to High Low with Emrata. Jenny Horton asked, M question, I'm working toward recovery from anorexia and I was wondering how you dealt with and went about the weight gain you've discussed. I'd also love to hear your thoughts about body ideals. Oh my God. So I've never had a, I would say an eating disorder. I lost a ton of weight after my son was born and I was really in this, um, super anxious space and I could not gain the weight back. And in the past year I have gained weight back and it was really frustrating for me because I actually didn't like being that skinny. It's weird though, because fashion definitely, like I started walking more shows. I was getting booked for things that I hadn't been booked for before. And, you know, when you talk about body ideals, that's really scary because I was 
legitimately 100 pounds, 99 pounds. And I'm like 5'7". I'm not super short. I'm not super tall, but, you know, not like a tiny person. And weighing that much was really alarming. And I could not gain weight. I was, um, I couldn't enjoy food. And it wasn't about my body image. It was about my anxiety. I, and if I'm ever stressed, I, the first thing that happens is I stop eating. It's just how my brain works. But when I was younger and I really, I decided to start modeling, I had gone to UCLA for a year and this would be the only time I would say I had a, maybe an eating disorder or definitely had a relationship to weight and food. I dropped out of college and I felt this immense pressure to be a successful model. And I had gained weight like freshman 15 or whatever at UCLA. It was the first time I was living alone. I was eating Chinese food at the dorm and bagels. And I didn't even honestly understand calories at that point um, because I've always, in general, not been somebody who gains a ton of weight. I definitely gained some there. And I remember, you know, agents, clients making different comments about my weight. And I was so worried that I'd made this huge mistake by dropping out of school that, you know, if I didn't become skinny, I wouldn't make money and that, you know, I'd be this lose like this loser and this failure. So I stopped. I changed my relationship to food and I stopped eating as much and I was very conscious of what I ate in a day. And again, unfortunately, I was very much rewarded for that. Um, I started making more money. I started booking more jobs. And then I think I started to have a healthier balance with it. I, when I stopped, you know, felt more relaxed around work, I gained a little bit of weight. And, you know, it's just a hard thing. Um, right now, I feel really good about my body, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that impacts my career. And that's not something that I think is says good things about the industry that I work in and the beauty ideals. And I wish it was different. But yeah, I'm, I've had many friends who've had really serious eating disorders and it is so complicated and it manifests, it's a manifestation of so many different things, but that is my relationship to my body and weight. And I've really, I think because I was so thin about a, two years ago, since I've gained the weight back, you know, I see cellulite or I see that, you know, a mini skirt doesn't look as like good on my legs as it did before. And I kind of, I don't care in a way because I was so desperate to not be that thin for so long. And I didn't feel like I took up space in a room. And it really was hard for me that now I'm very accepting of the things that come with a little bit more weight. And um, I just feel like I want to enjoy my body. I also think giving birth and pregnancy has given me such a new appreciation for my body and what it's capable of. And so I try to focus on that rather than the shape of my legs or whatever else or how jeans are fitting or, you know, I hope that answered your question. Okay. Talia Sultan wanted to know, in your book, My Body, you talk about being friends with a girl named Sadie, who is also a model. This was in high school. I'm really curious to know how she is doing now. So funny that this question is coming up because she texted me yesterday um, out of nowhere and was like asking me about a bag that she saw me uh, wearing. So we've never hung out, um, but we text occasionally and she read the book and was really lovely about it. She lives in New York. She doesn't model. Um, she's an artist. And, you know, I feel 
tethered to her and I probably always will. Um, we had some really great conversations around growing up and womanhood and our relationship to boys and men after the essay, which is called Toxic, was published. And she's just, um, I think she's doing pretty well. I think that she, the things that I was writing about in that essay, I can at least say, I think she's more than grown past them. So I think that covers it for today. Um, so thank you all for watching. I keep, there's like a video here of me and I'm laughing because I'm a redhead with bangs. So hopefully y'all even recognize me when you watch this, but thank you and submit your questions. And if you like this video, maybe we'll do more of them, more solo videos. So, um, subscribe to our channel and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. Hilo with Imrata is a Sony Music Entertainment and Bitch Era Media production. Our executive producers are me, Emily Ratajkowski, Matt Raz, and Sarita Wesley. Our showrunner is Matt Raz. Our associate producer is Rachel Choder. Today's episode was engineered by Samantha Gatsik with original music by The Crystal Pharaoh.